Welcome to Victory Church Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. It's an honor and a privilege to share the word with you. And thank you, Pastor Keith. I'm going to look right into the camera right there. Thank you, Pastor Keith, for entrusting our precious people to your staff in your absence. How many of you are thankful for Pastor Keith? Isn't he, isn't he been used so mightily of God to move us forward? You know, when PK asked me to speak, uh, I knew immediately what the Lord wanted me to say and the scripture to use. So we're going to jump right in. Find your Bible, find your app, the app on your phone, and we're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verses 6 and 7. Very familiar passage of scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. While you're doing that, once again, how about that praise team and band? Can you just give it up for them one more time? Praise God. You know, there's just something about, you know, I'm up here every Sunday, and I, every once in a while I get to go down there and just worship. What a, what a great experience just to, just to worship and just to just throw my hands up, to th- just... Uh, lift up my voice to the Lord just for, right from there and um, I'm just thankful for just the wonderful musicians that we have uh, Sunday after Sunday got a lot of talent we just give all the glory to the Lord for that I want to talk to you today about what are you scared of what are you scared of and I believe that the Lord would have us gather as a family at the altar at the close so just kind of mark that in the back of your mind gather at the altar as a family remember that you can follow along in the victory app and take notes as well so let's do this can we all stand for the reading of God's words just a couple of verses let's do that in honor of God's word this morning second Timothy here we go therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Help me to say what needs to be said the way that it needs to be said. And Lord, I pray even now that you would especially prepare the hearts of those that fight the silent battle of fear every day. That they would find the courage to stir up the gift that you have given them. We ask this in Jesus' strong and sweet name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated at this time. Hallelujah. I want to teach you, you guys can just go right ahead here, I want to teach you a song based on this scripture. Some of you already know it, maybe from kids church or whatever, but I find the best way to remember a song is to put scripture to song, okay? I've taken a number of missions trips through the years to places like Dominica and Jamaica and Virgin Islands, and I learned songs like this. So sing it along with me, it's very, very simple, okay? It has the words of the scripture. God has not given us a spirit of fear. No, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But he has given unto us 
a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. We're going to do this again, okay? But whenever we sing the, we say the word power, we're going to shout it, okay? We're going to say it powerfully. So you say, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, okay? So I want to hear you sing that, okay? And I'm going to play this thing. It's called a vibra slap. And what you do is you slap it, and it vibrates like that okay you kind of heard that sound in a lot of recordings so sing it with me okay god has not given us a spirit of fear sing it along with me god has not given us a spirit of fear but he has given unto us what a spirit of a spirit of love and a sound one more time sing that god has not given us a spirit of fear oh god has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given unto us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. So wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, for he has given unto us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. Sing again. God has not given us a spirit of fear. No, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But he has given unto what? A spirit of, a spirit of love and a sound. One more verse. Here it goes. So strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. For he has given unto us. A spirit of, a spirit of love and a sound. One more time, sing it. God has not given us a spirit of fear. No, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But he has given unto us a spirit of, a spirit of love and a sound mind. Come on, give it up giving you a spirit of power this morning. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for helping us learn that song together. Amen. God has not given us a spirit of fear. You see, Satan will do anything to keep you from stirring up the gift that God gave you. So if he can paralyze you with fear, better yet, if you allow him to paralyze you with fear... He can keep you from accomplishing the very things that God created you to do. But he also knows that once you decide to follow Jesus and begin to use that gift, his claim on your life comes to a screeching halt. I want you to understand something this morning. If fear has gripped your life in any way, it is because the devil is terrified of the damage that you will inflict on his kingdom if you start to flow in that gift. Amen? He's just trying to block you by instilling fear and stealing your faith. You know, we often think that the opposite of faith is doubt, right? But the opposite of faith is actually fear. Fear is the belief in what Satan may do, but faith is the assurance of what God will do. I'm going to say that one more time. Faith is the belief in what Satan may do, 
but faith is the assurance of what God will do. You see, Satan prowls about, Scripture says, as a roaring lion. Now, he's not the roaring lion, right? He only pretends to be. He's as a roaring lion. The only real lion in the story here is ah, the lion of Judah, Jesus, right? As a roaring lion, he pretends to be something that he's not. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In other words, it is the assurance that God will do what he says he'll do. Hallelujah. We have a general superintendent of the Assemblies of God, Doug Clay, and he says this, when we give into fear, it takes us down a path toward forgetting who we are, that's our identity, and what we're supposed to do, our purpose, identity and purpose. Satan wants to steal who you are and what you do. He wants to steal your identity and your purpose, but God wants you to know who you are in him this morning and what he created you to do. He has not given you a spirit of fear. Now, folks, I've dealt with fear issues all of my life. And I can assure you that the only reason that I'm able to stand in front of you today is because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. In my life, the work of grace, he did in me as a teenager, as a 16-year-old. He continues to do that on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, I was once 16. Imagine me at 16. Real quick, I mean, this is off script, but 16, I was miserable, man. I was just miserable. And it took a very, very special man in my life, my pastor, and uh, just one Sunday, it was a Sunday night, I was sitting in the back, you know, sitting in the back, being cool. But, you know, all of a sudden, he said, I just want, I just, uh, I just want you to start praising the Lord right now. So I said, yeah, okay, I'll, I can go for that. I just started lifting my hands. And I tell you what, the Spirit of God just came over me like a flood. And as I started to praise the Lord, I, I began to understand that God was unraveling, revealing His purpose to me during that time of praise. And I remember my pastor was back here, and I was raising my hands, just going for it. And he just says, I can see some teenagers in the back getting a hold of this. And I got a hold of it. And let me tell you something, it got a hold of me. And I just thank God. Aren't you glad that he's not done with you this morning? Aren't you glad you're still a work in progress? Amen. If we're honest with ourselves, each one of us, I'm talking to everybody in here, each one of us has a tender spot of fear that the enemy tries to exploit in his effort to destroy you and render you useless for the kingdom. But I want you to know right off the bat, that it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be afraid. David was a mighty warrior and the greatest king Israel ever had, as you know. But he wasn't afraid to be afraid. He wasn't scared of being scared because he faced his fear by turning to God. Think of some of the things that King David said. He said, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. When, not if. It's inevitable. We are going to be afraid. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. He had fears, but the Lord delivered them from him. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Psalm 27, whom shall I 
fear. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If you're here today and you have no fears whatsoever, no doubts about anything, your, your faith is as solid and strong as it's ever been, I especially need you to lean in. Because I need you to pray fervently for those of us in here that are struggling with fear. And that's what we're going to do at the end. We're going to take some time around the altar and lift one another up in prayer. Because some of, some of your brothers and sisters here are losing sleep. Some of us fear for our children. Some of us fear medical issues. Some of us don't know where our next paycheck is coming from. Some of us fear what other people think. A little peer pressure going on here. You see, there are gifts in this room that need to be stirred up this morning. So if you're strong in your faith, I need you. I want you, right? I want you to pray and believe for a spirit of power to overtake this room in the name of Jesus. Can you believe with me for that today? Amen. God is here. Fear not. The phrase, fear not, it's mentioned 61 times in the Bible. That means a lot to me because I'm 61. So there's a fear not for each one of my years. How many 61s are in the... Anybody? Okay, there's a few scattered here and there. We're a force to be reckoned with, all right? Fear not, it's a command, not a suggestion. Have you ever had God come, come to you and just say, fear not? And you just look up to heaven you say, it's too late. <laughs> It's too late, God. Fear not. But it's a suggestion. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. When we fear, we give glory and value to the devil, to things he doesn't deserve. We give him the right to confuse and intimidate and terrify us if we don't put a stop to it. So here are a few fear nots for you to latch on today. Isaiah 41 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Deuteronomy 31 says, Be strong and of good courage. We just got done singing that. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, it is He that goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. 2 Kings Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Aren't you glad that God always has our enemies outnumbered? There are many more that are with us than with Satan and his minions. So if God didn't give us a spirit of fear, okay, what did he give us? Obviously, number one, he gave us a spirit of power. Now check out Psalm 29. I'm just going to read a few verses from Psalm 29. Now this is our God. This is who He is. This is the God who is on our side. Now listen to these words. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. Yeah. Just like that. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. 
The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the mighty oaks and strips the forests bare. And in His temple, everyone shouts glory. The God of glory thunders this morning. The God of glory thunders this morning. Hallelujah. I know about you, but you know that last verse says, in this temple, everyone shouts glory. I know about you, but if I heard something like that, I'd faint. I wouldn't have anything to say, much less glory. Folks, we serve a God who can destroy all of creation with just a spoken word. The same God that spoke mountains and oceans and planets into existence can blow them all away with that same voice. You know, we like to, we like to talk about the still, small voice of the Lord, don't we? You know, like a gentle whisper. You know, in the still of the night, God speaks to us. He lets us know that we belong to Him. But sometimes you need a big, strong, loud God. Amen? Sometimes we need a God that can scare the pants off of our enemies just by the sound of His voice. we got to understand, guys, God isn't just this God of love. I thank God that He's a God of love. If it wasn't for His love, I wouldn't be here. I'd be lost. I'd be messed up. We need a God that is big and strong and loud. My favorite teacher of all time was a man named Mr. Lackey. His name was Mr. Lackey. And he was just, he was the best. In his class, we, we built radios, we ran jigsaws, we did batteries and bulbs. We learned photography, we de- developed film, we made pictures in the dark room. We even had pet skunks. Descented, of course. But we had pet skunks. Mr. Lackey was cool. He took our class to New York City. We saw the Empire State Building, the Statue of Liberty, the circus at Madison Square Garden. Mr. Lackey encouraged me as a writer, and he believed in my potential. He was he's just absolutely tops. But there was something else about Mr. Lackey that was unique. He was about 6'5", and he spoke with a deep basso profundo voice and when he walked in the door with his size 18 black wingtips the walls shook and when you're four foot two this guy might as well have been Goliath you know as kids we were just waiting for him to come into the room and say fee five fo fum the guy scared the pants off of us. He loved his students, but he also exuded overwhelming power. You just didn't mess around with Mr. Lackey. Don't even try to cross the line because he will bury you deep. But he had a heart of gold and he had an extraordinary amount of patience. Yeah, I, I love the man. I love the man. You know, God is like that to a great extent. Psalm 62 says this, One thing God has spoken, two things have I heard, that you, O God, are strong, and that you, O God, are loving. Strong 
and loving. On one hand, He loves us and cares for us, and He speaks to us in that gentle whisper, in that still, small voice. But on the other hand, He is an overwhelming force to be reckoned with. Amen. He is strong and He is loving. Church, we need to grasp the awesome, fearsome nature of Almighty God once again. You see, fleshly fear is the fear of man and circumstances. And fleshly fear robs us of our peace, robs us of our well-being. It keeps us on edge. We are not at peace with ourselves. But the fear of the Lord is a healthy fear that brings us blessing. It brings us salvation. It brings us confidence. Someone told me once that they wouldn't serve a God that they were afraid of. You ever hear somebody tell you that? Somebody told me that one time. In other words, they want a God that serves them and not the other way around. But I want you to hear what Jesus said. Jesus minced no words when he said, Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. We serve an awesome God. And he doesn't mess around. He loves us, but he doesn't mess around. Whatever fear or mountain you face today, we serve a God who who holds Mount Everest in his hands. We serve a God whose voice shakes the solar system. We serve a God who made the heavens and the earth, so nothing, absolutely nothing, is too difficult for him this morning. And if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, the Bible says, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. You have resurrection power living inside of you. If you are a believer this morning, you have the very life, the power, the awesome force of God living inside of you. Hallelujah. Sing this with me. I just want to sing this. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Once again, our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. He has given us a spirit of power. Number two, He's given us a spirit of love. 1 John 4, 18, you mark this somewhere, mark this verse. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. God has given us a spirit of love. Love. Very simple point here. But this might be the most profound thing you hear all day. Are you ready? Here goes. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. You may not feel loved or lovable right now, but you mean everything to Him. Worth His very life's blood. His perfect love drives out all fear. A few weeks ago, I was in the sanctuary praying. I was actually thinking about the Timothy text that we're looking at today. 
And I heard God speak this to my heart. He said this, if you really want to annoy me, doubt me. (laughs) That's how God said it to me. If you really want to annoy me, doubt me. Now, I don't know how God speaks to you, but after knowing him for 56 years, he doesn't cut me any slack, all right? He's just got a way to get the point across. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And then he reminded me of a few things from his word, and I just want to... He, he started out by saying, am I not the God? Am I not the God who loves you with an everlasting love? Am I not the God who supplies all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Am I not the God who will never leave you or forsake you? Am I not the God who delights in you and rejoices over you with singing? Am I not the God who has plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future? Am I not the God who gave my only son that you could have eternal life? Our God is faithful. Am I not the God? And he loves us this morning. Jesus loves you. A church in Atlanta honored one of its senior pastors who had been retired many years. And after a warm welcome, this elderly speaker was introduced. As the applause quieted down, he rose from his high back chair and walked slowly with great effort and sliding gait to the podium. Without a note or written paper of any kind, he placed both hands on the pulpit to steady himself. Then quietly and slowly he began to speak. When I was asked to come here and talk to you, your pastor asked me to tell you what was the greatest lesson ever learned in my 50-odd years of preaching. I thought about it for a few days, and I boiled it down to just one thing that made the most difference in my life and sustained me through all my trials. The one thing I could always rely on when tears and heartbreak and pain and fear and sorrow paralyzed me. The only thing that would comfort me was this. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. When he finished, the church was quiet. You could actually hear his footsteps as he shuffled back to his chair. Let the love of Jesus wash over you today. If you're not feeling love, you don't feel very lovable, let the love of Jesus wash over you today. He has given us a spirit of love. Finally, number three, he's given us a spirit of a sound mind. Isaiah 26.3, a lot of these scriptures you already know, but we just need to drive it home a little bit today. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. A sound mind. Other translations say a spirit of self-control or self-discipline. I like the image of a sound mind. A peaceful mind, a mind that is quiet and calm, quiet and calm enough to think clearly and to make wise decisions. A mind that is focused on Jesus, a mind that is stayed 
on the Lord. I've said this many times before, but keep the word of God before you all the time. All the time. Write scriptures down. Tape them to your mirrors, your refrigerators, your dashboards. Make screensavers. Whatever. Because the only thing that will stop the devil in his tracks is the word of God. Jesus proved this, as you know. When he was tempted, all he had to say was, It is written. And start quoting scripture. Church, know what is written. Know what is written. You've got plenty of arsenal to work with. Know what God said. Know what he wrote. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. How many of you like junk mail? Okay. Yeah, a few of us do, right? You know, you go to the mailbox, you hope to see a friendly postcard, Something handwritten by somebody, that's always a blessing. Or, you know, you, want, you look in there, you want, to see, you want to find the winning numbers to the publisher's house, clearing house, right? The sweepstakes, amen. But all you do is you open up the mailbox. Remember Charlie Brown, hello in there, looking for some hope. <laughs> but all you see is a bunch of junk. So much money wasted trying to convince people to do things they don't want to do, buy things they don't need to impress people they don't like. That's what it's all about. It all ends up in the proverbial round file, the garbage can. Our cares and worries are like spiritual junk mail. And instead of, instead of wadding them up and tossing them, throwing them out, we let them pile up Clutter our minds with mental trash. Let's face it, guys. Most of the things that we worry about never occur. Ever. Ever. And some of us right now, some of you have worries right now. Some of you have mailboxes full of junk mail. Maybe it's time to take all that stuff. That anxiety, that apprehension, whatever causes those panic attacks or those night terrors or those headaches or those ulcers, take all that mess and just toss it. Toss it. Cast. Casting all your care. Throw it out. Get rid of it. Let God take it <coughs> from there. He cares for you and your peace of mind. Get rid of that stuff. It's junk. You ever go to the dump? Come on, guys. <laughs> Every Friday for me, the, pay, the place smells, amen? It's just nasty, especially when, you know, you get to the dumpster and the, you know, and the guy hasn't compacted the trash yet and the, and the bags are just piling, piling up. You're just wondering, when's this guy going to compact, you know, what's in there because it's piling up? And then on a hot day, oh, my goodness, Nasty, the flies, the maggots, everything, just yuck. You know, and people are driving in there. People are driving in there like they drive into sheets, <laughs> okay? You ever, you ever like thank God that you come out of a sheets parking lot, you know, in, in one piece? It's the same thing at, um, at the landfill. People get there, they peel out because they don't want to stay there, cause an accident, almost causing accidents. You don't want to be there. Nobody wants to be there at the dump. But there's something 
very liberating about heaving and flinging bags of smelly trash into a big old dumpster, never to be seen or thought of ever again. See, folks, that's what we need to do with our fears and cares. Our sins and our fears literally stink to high heaven, amen? But God's divine dumpster is inexhaustible. He takes our sins, our fears, our clutter, and it's like He carts it all to the eternal landfill. Amen? The Bible says that He drowns it all in the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, the Bible says, has He removed our sins from us. Hallelujah! Aren't you glad you're forgiven today? Aren't you glad you're free today? Even those even that stuff into the dumpster. We lost a, a cell phone a while back. I won't tell you whose cell phone we lost. But our other phone had a Find Your Phone app, right? We realized that the phone had been accidentally thrown away. So when we opened up the app, the, the tracker showed us that the phone ended up at the landfill. Talk about the sea of forgetfulness. There is no way we would ever have been able to find that thing at the landfill. God has buried our sin in the depths of the sea. You couldn't find it there if you looked for it the rest of your life. It's buried. It's dead. It's gone. Aren't you glad your sins are gone and God has forgotten them? God remembers to forget. He has drowned your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. Thank the Lord. <laughs> but you know what the devil wants us to do? He wants to spend our time dumpster diving, right? He, he wants us to reclaim those mistakes and those screw-ups, take back those fears and worries and clutter up our lives. Folks, stop dumpster diving. Let God take that mess to the dump and give you a sound mind. Quit dumpster diving today. Receive the peace that passes all understanding. Speaking of diving, let me end with a, a Paul Harvey story about a man by the name of Ray Blankenship. And I invite the praise team to come up at this time. How, how many of you remember Paul Harvey? All right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's one of Paul's stories kind of gives, gives us an idea, brings the point home. One summer morning as Ray Blankenship was preparing his breakfast, he heard the terrified cries of a little girl. As he gazed out the window, he saw her being swept away in the rain-flooded drainage ditch beside his Andover, Ohio home. Blankenship knew that farther downstream, the ditch disappeared with a roar underneath a road, and then emptied into the main culverts. Ray dashed out the door and raced along the ditch, trying to get ahead of the foundering child. Then he hurled himself, he dove into the deep, churning water. Blankenship surfaced and was able to grab the child's arm. They tumbled end over end. Within three feet of the yawning culvert, Ray's free hand felt something, possibly a rock or a submerged tree limb, protruding from one bank. 
He clung desperately, but the tremendous force of the water tried to tear him and the child away. If I can just hang on until help comes, he thought. He did better than that. By the time fire department rescuers arrived, Blankenship had pulled the girl to safety, and both retreated for shock. On April 12, 1989, Ray Blankenship was awarded the Coast Guard's Silver Lifesaving Medal. The award is fitting, for this selfless person was at an even greater risk to himself than most people knew thinking solely about the needs of others. Because the truth of the matter is this, Ray Blankenship can't swim. And now you know the rest of the story. Can we just bow our heads in a word of prayer right now? And I'm going to ask the prayer team if they would just make their way to the altar at this time. Folks, it's time to dive in like Ray. See, faith isn't about being stupid or careless. It's just about knowing God's voice, and obeying Him, trusting Him for the courage to do what He tells you to do. It's having a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. It's time to dive in. You see, there are drowning people to rescue from eternal disaster. And you have a gift to stir up this morning. You have a gift. You have a gift to stir up. Don't let Satan keep you from using that gift to help or encourage or save someone. And don't let him fill your heart with fear and make you timid and scared. That's his end game. To try to scare you out of using the gift that God has blessed you with. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't allow the enemy to frighten you or to talk you out of giving your heart to the one who died on the cross to set you free from sin and fear and death. Come on, you know it's the right thing to do. You've heard the gospel before, but you just can't bring yourself to the point of surrender. Let me tell you something. The main thing, the main thing the devil has going for him is his ability to deceive. Because Jesus called him the father of lies. He said the devil was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. I had a pastor tell me once, he said, what are you fighting for? What are you scared of? The only fight we have to fight is the fight of faith. We don't have to fight the devil because he's already defeated. Fight the fight of faith. Do not let the enemy deceive you. Right now, I just want us all to stand if we would. Just stand to your feet. I want to invite all of us to the altar. All of us. I know this is a big ask. But I ask all of us to come to the altar for a time of worship and prayer. Now, some of us are going to need salvation. Some of us are going to be, you need to be set free from your fear, to be delivered from your fear. Some need healing. But I'd like everybody to come because we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Yeah, just go right in. Don't, uh, don't create a demilitarized zone here. Just fill it all in. 
fill it all in. We need each other, folks. We need each other. Hallelujah. I believe that God does his best work in an atmosphere of worship and, ex and expectancy. With everybody pulling together, everybody praying for one another. Because we're Victory Church, right? We're the place to call home. And the prayer, the, what, the family that prays together stays together. Guys, we're family. We're family. You may not have been coming here to Victory Church for very long, but as far as we're concerned, you're family and you're home. You're home right now. So as we come up and we just get prayed for, we're going to have the praise team just sing this song of, of deliverance and, and uh, declaration. And so we're going to sing that song, No Longer Slaves. If you want prayer, we got lots of, we got the prayer team up here to just anoint you and pray for you. But I want us to, as a church, to declare the truth of this song. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. How many of you are glad you're a child of God this morning? Come on. That's worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating. Hallelujah. It's time to celebrate. Let's sing that right now. I'm no longer a slave. And let's just worship and minister to one another right now. Here we go. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.